Yes, you, you lucky sausage. You found the Talk Marketing Show, where the League of Marvelous Marketeers give up everything you need to be more successful in your business. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, Hello there, my name is Martin Henley. This is the Effective Marketing Content Extravaganza. And if you've spent a second here, you will know that I'm on a mission to get you everything you need to be successful in your business, providing, of course, that what you need to be successful in your business is to know more about sales and marketing and be motivated to put that knowledge into practice which of course is what you need to be successful in your business. So what we do here is we do the marketing news every couple of weeks. I review the very worst and the very best of marketing content on the internet. And then what I do a lot of is I pull in anyone I can find with relevant sales and marketing experience that might support you to be successful in your business. And that's what's going on today. Today is talk marketing. So today's guest has sales exposure at least, going back to 1998. I'm sure she won't mind me telling you that's 24 years. Uh, she has a wealth of what I call double sales experience from her seven years in recruitment. She has also been a director for the BNI and a fellow of the Professional Speaking Association. She is currently host of the Social Selling Pod with uh, the Social Selling with Sam podcast and founder and CVO of the Social Selling with Sam business and CVO and social selling strategist with Pipeline 44. CVO, interestingly, stands for Chief Visionary Officer. She is the author of LinkedIn, LinkedIn Bound and the soon to be released Linked Outbound and she is a hammer. Today's guest is Sam Raffling. I struggle with that Hello, a little Mark. bit today, Sam, because it's been a little while since I've recorded one of these. How are you doing? I'm really good, thanks. Thanks for having me on the show. You are very welcome. I'm interested, excited to have this conversation. It's a good time to be a hammer. It is. Well, kind of, maybe not. No, I think <laughs> Who it's knows? a good I'm actually time. going to see them in, uh, with my dad. My dad's flying over from Portugal and we're going to uh, watch them on Thursday night, so I'm super excited. Fantastic. I think this is the best time... For the Hammers, for people who don't know what the Hammers are, it's a football club in East London, West Ham. Um, and they're not historically very good, although arguably they did produce, was it 30% of the England team that won the World Cup? But that was a little while ago, all the way back in 1966. So as yes. far as I can remember, certainly since Harry Redknapp left, this is probably the best time. Did Harry Redknapp finish... Where did you guys finish? Six or seven? Seventh, it must have been. We did. We did all right last year. We're not doing so well this season, but we did all right, and we did pretty well in Europe. So we're happy with that. <laughs> yeah, very happy. And I think you've done quite well in the transfer window. I think you've got quite a few yes, players that need to settle. I'm very excited. Yes, yes. And you've kept. Is it Declan Rice? Uh, I believe so. You believe so? Or you're not as much of a hammer as, as you purport to be. <laughs> I thought I was being interviewed about something else, not my football knowledge. <laughs> We do this so if people, in the in the rare instance that people are also 
West Ham fans, they will have some kind of affinity with you. And for of the rest course, of the world, of they'll think, oh, I'm she's a normal person. With she likes hammers, I, get, um, I, I have it on my profile because a lot of people, when they reach out, they don't personalise their invitation request. But if anybody personalises their invitation request and mentions anything of my kind of outside of work things on my profile, then I always connect with them. So it's a good thing to have on your profile. Because they've invested, haven't they, a little bit more? See, I just yes, accept indeed. everyone. Um, you're the expert. Maybe you'll tell me I'm wrong to do that. Um, because that's what we're here talking to about today, really. We're not talking about you being a hammer, about the fact that this is the best time in a long time to be a West Ham fan. Um, we're talking about your specialist subject, which is LinkedIn and social selling. Um, and... Um, I, I'm still impressed that you said that I, everyone only became a LinkedIn consultant because they read your book. I really think that's a, <laughs> Not everyone, that's a really good a angle. Of the most recent people have uh, definitely. The, the thing is, when I first started out teaching LinkedIn, and it's probably about the same time as you back in 2010, yep. there were probably a handful of people that were talking about that subject. And now, like, you know, there's probably 100,000 plus people if you go looking for somebody to help you with something like LinkedIn that you could go to. And that's yes. not including generalist kind of social media people. So it's very saturated now. But, um, you know, I've been doing this a long time and um, I like to think that I'm always a bit ahead of the game. <laughs> OK, that's cool. Because the thing is, I don't think still, and it says this in your profile, doesn't it? Is that, or it says this in the intro to your podcast, I think, is that people, people who realize the opportunity of LinkedIn but don't quite know how to make it work, I don't think, like, if I rarely do I teach people LinkedIn now, but I start with that context type stuff, like what actually is LinkedIn. It's a, and I need to be careful about this, I call this a preposterous, ridiculous and preposterously good thing. But people think ridiculous and preposterous can only be bad. It's astounding how good a thing LinkedIn is. Oh, absolutely. I think it's a phenomenal, very underutilized tool that if people truly understood how to unlock it, they would not need anywhere else to go for business. It's unbelievable what it can do for companies and for individual business owners. It's mad how much people are leaving on the table, how much money people are leaving on the table by not unlocking its potential. Yes. See, I tell people what I tell people. I tell people it's the largest, most dynamic, most accessible, most up-to-date database of business to business decision makers that's ever existed and it's Absolutely. actually you know you can start for nothing you know you don't have to give yeah. bill gates any money at all to to get involved yeah. i think it's a phenomenal yeah. thing i think it's ridiculously and preposterously good cool right well so we you, agree on that point so that's good start <laughs> i don't think we're going to disagree about much really apart from so. apart from some stuff <laughs> so <laughs> Um, you know the format. The format is there's only five questions. So question mm -hmm. number one is how are you qualified to talk to us about LinkedIn and social selling? Question number two is who do you work with? How do you add value to their lives? And I think this might be a bit different from conversations we've had about LinkedIn before because you've mm -hmm. gone in a slightly different direction with it. The third question is what is your recommendation for anyone who wants to get better with LinkedIn and social selling? Fourth question, really easy, what should people read? And the fifth question, who can you throw under the bus who might endure or maybe even enjoy to have a conversation like this with me? So Amazing. those are the five questions. So 
Let's start with question number one. How are you qualified to talk to us about LinkedIn and social selling? So I was a very early adopter of LinkedIn. I had moved to the Netherlands in 2001 and I fell into the recruitment industry. It was a not a decision I made. I couldn't speak Dutch. I couldn't work in sales and marketing because I had no Dutch and somebody found my CV randomly and said, oh, we think you'd be really good at recruitment. So I changed my career completely. I'd been, previously been working for the drinks company Diageo, um, been in a corporate environment and I fell into recruitment. LinkedIn didn't exist until 2003. And then I, I heard about LinkedIn at a networking event. Um, and back then when it first launched, obviously LinkedIn was very recruitment heavy. It was all about um, people putting their CV and, you know, using it for job seeking, etc. So my first introduction to LinkedIn was fairly early on. Um, and I started using it to find candidates and to look for people for my clients. 2005, I moved again, I changed country and moved to Ireland. And that was the year I decided to set up my own business. I did set up an, a recruitment agency, but I literally knew nobody in Ireland, apart from my husband at the time. And I was like, if I've used LinkedIn to find great candidates, I wonder how I could use it to actually develop business. So I decided to start using my talent with LinkedIn to actually find customers, studied networking both online and offline and built my recruitment business from scratch, knowing nobody in a country where everything is done on who you know, pretty much using the LinkedIn platform. A few years later, 2010, I was asked by somebody, how did you build your recruitment agency? Would you mind speaking on stage? And uh, it was a big conference. There was like 200 business owners in the room. I'd never spoken on stage before ever. And I was petrified because I'd, I'd never given a keynote speech. And I stood on stage in Yorkshire and delivered kind of my top kind of tips on how I'd grown my business. And a lot of the, that came back to what I'd done within the LinkedIn environment. I think back then I had maybe 2000 connections, which was huge back then. <laughs> Nobody was using LinkedIn to generate business. And that's kind of where my journey started in terms of teaching LinkedIn. Over the last 12 years, I've developed a system, um, a social selling system, which has got eight different strategies, which to date has generated over 138 million pounds for the clients that have applied my methodologies. Um, so I think that kind of qualifies me to, <laughs> to talk about this subject. And I've, you know, I've always been at the kind of the forefront in terms of um, LinkedIn social selling, being an authority in that space. Um, went full time. It was always a side gig for me whilst I was still in the recruitment industry. Um, went full time in 2016. And that's what I've been doing since then. Okay, super cool. So it sounds to me like, <laughs> excuse me, sounds to me like you're qualified to talk to us. So well done. Okay, that's, that's hurdle good. one completed, <laughs> cleared. Um should people understand what social selling is? Like, how do you define social selling? And this is a question I get all the time. And I think it's a very misunderstood kind of buzzword. It's out there a lot and um, it gets overused and un misunderstood a lot. So my definition of social selling is it's the art of selling without selling. And it's about <laughs> building relationships, building relationships creating brand awareness and really kind of um, getting yourself to a point where you're getting visible with customers and prospects so that when they're, when they're ready to buy, they think of you first. Because let's face it, everyone that you connect with today is not in the buying window for your product or service. In fact, most people that you 
create a connection with or you know you maybe you're prospecting and you invite somebody you know 98% of them are not ready to buy right now today but they're watching so the whole point of social selling is that you've got to build that credibility build that visibility get yourself out on the news feed and you're going to drive leads in two ways one is going to be inbound where somebody comes to you because of the the way that you've been showing up on the news feed and the second way you're going to create leads is through driving outbound conversations and actually prospecting and proactively going out to your potential ideal client. So social selling for me is very much about staying top of mind and nurturing your connections and building relationships in your network. So that's really what it is for me. Okay, so is it not really then social marketing? Is it not yeah, that's it the question. I think the outbound element is, sorry, the inbound element is probably more about social marketing because that's more content driven. Yeah. Um, the, the outbound element, though, is definitely more selling focused. So because you in, in order to create conversations with potential prospects and if you're prospecting on a consistent basis, which everybody should be doing, but most people don't. Um, is the more the not the selling part, but it's it's about creating those and creating those sales opportunities and building your sales pipeline. If you're not prospecting, you're not putting people into your sales pipeline. So I think it could be considered social marketing inbound and social selling outbound. Yeah, I think I've only started thinking about this in the last thirty seconds. But no, no, the, what I think of it, the way I think of it, is it's. Like the marketing that salespeople do is exactly like you say, either prospecting or we used to call it canvassing. So I think mm-hmm. it's because it's different from marketing because marketing is one to many. This is one to one, like it's one door at a time, one call at a time, one connection yeah. at a time. So I think of it more like that, like the, it's the prospecting part, unless you're selling, I don't know, fidget spinners for like a dollar each no one's really just going to pick up the phone and say yeah i want to buy what you're doing because of your activity on linkedin okay that's cool so i think of it like that okay good yeah so i am happy to concede that you are eminently um, qualified to talk to us about this um the other thing that you've done which is a really good idea is you've tracked somehow the amount of money that that this process has generated so kudos for that as well that's a good idea thanks well i'm on a bit of a mission to do a billion that's my big target is to not for me personally but to actually create a billion pounds in direct revenue from what i teach people so whether that's a sales team who are going out to market and getting big enterprise clients or whether it's somebody that just picked up my book and happens to you know get themselves some new business so I'm sure there's a lot more out there that I don't know about because the ripple effect is huge. And I normally hear about a contract when it's the first time they land the contract. But if that contract then renews over the course of a number of years, there's probably a lot more out that I don't know about. But um, I do encourage everybody that I work with to get in touch with me if they, um, you know, go on to secure some business. Obviously, I track it heavily in my corporate clients because that's my return on investment for the clients that are working with us. But there's lots of small businesses out there that are, you know, they, I get messages every day, five to 10 messages a day of people who have either watched my training videos or read my book or have had some kind of impact from what I'm, what I'm sharing. So I, that's why I do what I do. Cool. That's, that's really good. Because I think this is like, I think this is important. Like nobody knows what to say, but I think 
really good marketing or canvassing or prospecting, whatever it is, is just about delivering value and then communicating the value there and evidencing the value that you're delivering, you know? So I think it's really good that you've done that. What did I want to say? Um, people only ever think about the first thing. Do you know what I mean? They only ever think about that. No one thinks about the ongoing value of having customers. That's annoying as well. Um, but it's good that you spoke about your corporate um, customers because that segues beautifully into question number two which is, um, I haven't got it written down, um, which is, yeah, I presented in Ireland once. I did like a uh, presentation in Ireland. And I like Where to else? think I'm, I'm, I was some, I was two hours south of Dublin. Okay. I don't know where, it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. Very it was gorgeous. about 40 quite red-faced, fat-faced Irish people. I can say that because my family are Irish. So I tell people I come from a long line of fat-faced Irish farmers because it's true um and I think I'm quite funny and they didn't laugh once like <laughs> and it was an hour and they didn't laugh well, not one of them laughed once and it wasn't until much later when we were smashed in the bar that I said look why didn't yeah, you laugh exactly. at my jokes and they're like <laughs> I said to them like why didn't you laugh at my jokes and they're like well we're not here for you do you know what I mean we're here for us you know we're like it, it was funny but we weren't going to give you the satisfaction like and all of them like decided this so that was good. And I got more drunk than I've probably been many other times in my life that, that night. So Ireland's good if fun. If you're going to go get drunk anywhere, Ireland is a good place to do that. That's I think sure. a great place to do that. Okay, cool. So question number two, who do you work with? How do you add value to their lives? So I have three different or four different tiers of company types that I work with. So tier one and two is kind of the smaller business, SME, um, startup, kind of smaller business. It's kind of one to 10 employees. Um, how do I serve them? I have a social selling academy, uh, which is a combination of group coaching and an online um, platform and community. So we have over 200 um, social selling superstars working with us in the academy at the moment, and that's growing massively every single month. Um, and then in the tier three would be what I call scale up. So these are companies that have usually had investment or um, some kind of backing, and they are usually in high growth phase and they've usually recruited heavily in their sales function typically with those clients i'll go in and do some deep dive sales navigator training which is one of the paid versions of linkedin and i'll help their sales team to understand how to utilize social selling to actually build their sales pipeline and the final one is tier four which is our enterprise clients so I'll work with large companies typically over two or three year period to help them really embed social selling and enable social selling in their organization, usually working initially with their sales uh, division, channel sales and direct sales. I usually then spend quite a lot of time with their marketing division, getting marketing and sales aligned. Um, I spend time with their leadership team because leaders in companies don't understand the power of personal brand and they need to also embrace social selling at, at their level. So from the boardroom, um, down. And then I also work with their HR and recruitment teams to enable them to use social selling using my previous skills, having been in the recruitment industry. So there's typically four departments that I'll touch in a, um, in a larger organization, but it's a transition taking them from doing hardly anything on social selling to actually like fully enabling everybody in the organization to understand what it is and what their role is to play in that. So for me, social, a lot of people will see social selling as the role of the selling, the sales department, but actually every single person inside an organization can have an impact on the visibility of that brand and the company they work for 
not just the sales department. So kind of different layers. But my personal time spent is mostly within corporates and scale-ups. Okay, cool. And that's kind of a an angle that we haven't covered before mm -hmm. talking to people about LinkedIn. Um, what's the thing? But what you're talking about um, like small to medium-sized businesses, um, scale-ups, corporations, and everyone in the organization, certainly everyone who's customer-facing should be engaging with LinkedIn, especially mm -hmm. seeing as it's um, the paid sales navigator isn't something I've ever got involved with, um, mm -hmm. but it's so time effective. Like mm -hmm. I used to compare it, like I, I started selling advertising space and I'd call 150 people a day to speak to 30 people. And yeah. with LinkedIn, if I invest 15 minutes a day, I could be reaching out to, I don't know, 10 or 15 people and then maybe half those people connect. And then, do you know what I mean? It's like over a month, it becomes considerable. Yeah. It's so good. It's insane that people don't do it. I mean, it's just yeah. insane that it's not like part of everybody, everybody who's customer facing's job. You would imagine at the interview, they would say, like, they'd be interested to know what does your network look like? You know, who's in your network? Yeah. All of this stuff that really should be valuable. But it doesn't seem as though it is. Not yet. I think there's certain companies that are embracing it. And there's definitely a lot of, um, there's a lot more companies out there now engaging in it because they do realize the importance of, you know, the social selling aspect on their business. I think a lot of it comes down to the leaders. Um, I always say are they usually in the leadership team, you've got either dinosaurs or doubters and the dinosaurs are just like, they just don't want to be involved in you know anything social media. They don't see the point of it. They don't understand why anybody in their um, sales or marketing team or anyone in the company should be spending time on it. And then you've got the doubters who are the ones that, you know, they kind of know it probably is important, but they don't, they don't have enough evidence or don't believe that it's actually going to turn into real business. Most of the time when clients come to me, they're, they're a few hundred thousand pounds invested in LinkedIn. Like they've spent money buying licenses for sales navigator for their sales team, usually a hundred plus sales license, sales navigator licenses. And they're 18 months into having given these licenses to all their sales team and they're wondering why they're not getting a return on their investment. And it's because they magically think that just by giving these people a sales navigator license, they're going to, you know, instantly start producing leads and start producing business from LinkedIn. The reality is that they haven't got the skills and they haven't been trained effectively to actually build their own personal brand with inside the larger brand of the organization. They don't know how to prospect effectively. They're sending out terrible messages or none at all. Um, they're not producing any content or even worse, they're just resharing the rubbish and the boring content that's on the marketing page and the company page, hoping that that's going to win them sales. And the reality is that none of that's going to work for them. So they come to me at the point when they've invested quite heavily and they're just not getting the return that they expected from their investment. So that's usually where I come in, in the enterprise space anyway. Cool. Excellent. So I don't really know about Sales Navigator. So maybe you can give us a, a kind of an idea of what the value is. I mean, where I've always done this, it hasn't been where anyone's invested anything in it. Do you know what I mean? It's always been about, hey, ho, you thought this was a, a recruitment tool, but actually it's this amazing database. Um, what did I mm -hmm. want to say about? The thing is, that's the requirement is you have to, because in my experience, the only way LinkedIn has ever worked 
other than as a recruitment function is through the individual. So you really do need to develop your personal brand within your brand. Um, that's like the requirement. That's that's what you need to do. But then this also astounds me that any investment any investment you make in your in your corporation in your LinkedIn profile is an investment in your future. You know what happens with with LinkedIn networks connections is those people continue through their lives through their careers they typically become more senior take on more budget buy more stuff um and so you know if you've done this work if your company has afforded you the opportunity to do this work and invested in you doing this work then that's an amazing opportunity i think and whether they ask an interview or not people should be an in interview saying well look, I've done my own canvassing, prospecting, whatever you call it, social selling through LinkedIn for the last 10 years. This is what my network looks like. This is what it generates me every month. You know, it should yes. be uh, an interview closer. Um, I should ask you a question, really. And you say <laughs> not yet. You say not yet. But this came out in 2003. It will be 20 next year, won't it? It did, but if you think about what LinkedIn was in 2003 before the Microsoft acquisition, like it wasn't a platform for business to business selling. It wasn't a, like some people were using it like that, but it was very much a recruitment heavy play. Like it wasn't what it is now. So I think the last kind of six to eight years, it's definitely come into its own. I think companies are really paying attention to the fact that if they're not going to do this, they are going to get left behind. And if they aren't going to do it, their competition surely are. So I think now it's more important than ever that companies are actually investing and looking at their social selling strategy and their over how LinkedIn fits into their overall marketing strategy. Unfortunately, too many companies focus really heavily on their company page and their business page, thinking that's going to generate them lots of business. But the reality is that their individual employees will get 10 times the reach of any post that they put out on their company page. So let's say they put a post out on their company page and yet, and then they get their own sales team times 50, 100, whoever it is, to, to be posting. The amplification of their posts and the reach, the organic reach of their posts is going to be so much greater than anything that their business page will ever produce. And what's the incentive for a salesperson to reshare something on the company page? Because ultimately, if it's something that's going to take a prospect to their website, the salesperson's not going to make any commission from that. Whereas if they build their own personal brand, they're going to drive their own inbound leads. They're going to build their own visibility and credibility with prospects. And it's going to be individual one-to-one -one conversations that are going to happen with potential prospects. So I think it's about them identifying who their target market is and who their ideal client is, building their network with those people, and then putting themselves out there in the newsfeed and owning their own personal brand. That for me is what should be happening, but not enough people do. And I think it is going to take some time. I think there's definitely some companies out there that are progressive and are looking at this, but I don't think you can say, you know, they should be doing it because LinkedIn's been around since 2003. I think B2B social selling as a concept has been around a lot less time than that. And they that companies are only just starting to realize the power of it, in my opinion. Okay. And uh, yeah, and I, I don't disagree with that at all, but I'm just thinking they should have woken up to it a bit earlier maybe you and i should have been Absolutely. a bit more effective in telling them i've been telling people this since 2008 2009 do you know what i mean um but that's okay because that's okay okay so there's things i want to talk about i want to talk about i'll tell you all the things i want to talk about while i write them down 
I want to talk about Sales Navigator because I don't know what it's about and I can't imagine. I want to talk about Microsoft. You need to know I think Microsoft are the Antichrist. So um, just bearing that in mind. And have they actually improved it or not? I want to talk about the appalling state of posting on LinkedIn. I mean, it's just Mm -hmm. appalling, um, the level of posting. And then... Um, so those are kinds of the things that I want to talk about. So maybe tell Can us I add about one thing onto your list. What's that? Can I add one thing onto your list? Yes, yes, yes. Um, can we talk about the social selling index as well? Because that's a good place to start with all social, things social selling. Yes, social selling index. Right. So now we need to prioritize these things. I think the Microsoft thing is going to be a really short conversation. I don't <laughs> think they've really improved it. I, they, when when did they they bought it? Two thousand sixteen. 2016, the, yeah, for 27.6 billion. Yes. They um, reskinned it. When was that? 2018. That was just after I produced my LinkedIn marketing course for online purposes and I had to shoot the whole thing again. Um, have they really improved it? Has it changed because of Microsoft's intervention? The thing is, I, I do believe they do operate kind of. I don't think they're operating under the guise of Microsoft. They're still very much an independent like kind of their own independent organization effectively. So I don't think necessarily that Microsoft came along and went, you need to change this. I think LinkedIn were always on the trajectory that they were going on. Um, I think it depends what perspective you're looking at it from. So I don't think it's changed massively from a recruitment perspective over the years. I do think though for business to business and for smaller businesses in particular, I do think that they have changed it for the better. As in, I think the fact that they are still one of the social media platforms out there that still gives so much organic reach without you having to pay to play. All of the other platforms have gone pay to play and I think they may end up going there eventually, but the organic reach is still, in my opinion, so much greater than all the other platforms. So from that perspective, they could have, at the point of acquisition, they could have gone down the route of pay to play and suddenly like all the organic reach would have gone and everybody would have, have to be paying to boost their content, et cetera. I think it's coming, but it's not here for a while. But I do think from that perspective, I think the amount of new products and features and rollouts that they've introduced, I think that they're still doing that. Um, it's something like five to 10 a month at the moment. So they're definitely making moves and they've definitely made a lot of improvements. I certainly think it's better than it was. How much Microsoft has had an impact on that, I don't know, to be honest. Okay, good. So there's something else here that I'm interested in, which is... You see, I say this to people. I don't know about investing more. I don't know. I've never invested in Sales Navigator. I've never had the need. And so this is what has always struck me about it. And this is what I've told people is they give away the really, really good stuff. Like, so for example, you can spend, is it 50 quid a month on um, on premium? So you can spend on that. But um, what's the thing? Sorry, someone shouting at me. Okay, so the thing about it is, I think they give away the good stuff, like so that there's very little benefit to premium for me. Premiums are rubbish. I absolutely, I, I always say to people, there's no point in buying premium. Yes. You either go free or you go for an extra 29, 25 quid, like Go Sales Navigator, because premium is useless in my opinion. Like there's absolutely no point in paying for it and um, either free or sales nav, nothing in between. I, I okay. agree with you. I think premium's terrible. Okay, cool. Right, so that's one issue I have with it. So, okay, but you, we're leading into um, Sales Navigator. Um, advertising. 
I've advertised mm-hmm. twice on LinkedIn. Once in 2008, it's my responsibility as a marketer, as a trainer, to know if it works or otherwise. So then I told everyone for however many years I was doing the training for five years, don't advertise, it's a complete waste of money. And then I did it again in 2019, just after I re-recorded my LinkedIn course. Obviously, I should market it there. Um, I got, they charged me £17 per click. They claimed there were 17 clicks. I don't know what that mass was. It was like nearly £300 or something. Um, Two of those clicks showed up on my Google Analytics and neither of them were there for a second. Um, So, like, rather than it just being useless, it feels actually at that point to me like it's fraud. Do you know what I mean? It's like, and then I didn't (laughs) get my money back, which was annoying. I think um, I've yet to meet a company that's successfully making LinkedIn ads work. Like, if there's somebody out there that's making it work, like, get in touch. But at the moment, everything I do is very much organic focused. I'm not, I don't claim to be an ad specialist or focus on the ad side of things. But, um, I'm not a fan. Like I think they're very overpriced and I don't think they work particularly effectively. I think um, advertising in other platforms is is far more effective. Um, But if you're doing organic correctly and if you're building your personal brand and if you're doing social selling the right way, then there should be absolutely no need for you to invest in in advertising on on this platform on LinkedIn. 100%. I I genuinely don't think it's worth it. Good. Me either. A hundred percent. I really don't. And so, and this is also kind of part of a theme that develops is that you say they could go pay to play. They can't, they've got no idea how to do it. Like even like the, the most stupid rich person is going to get to a point where they will go look at their analytics and say, Oh, they say we had 17 clicks and we've had two. Do you know what I mean? And they were 17 quid each, you know? So they, so this is my overarching feeling about, LinkedIn, the corporation, and, and, and Microsoft, the corporation, is they've got no idea how to monetize this thing. You know, and, and I think you're right. They kind of get away with it because lots of people pay for premium. They don't have, they really, what do you get? You get three in-mails from, is that what you get from premium? I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you, you see your profile views, you get a few in-mails, things like that. But honestly, it's not, it's not worth it. I mean, they make most of their money is going to come from the recruiter aspects. Like a lot, they charge a lot to recruitment companies and HR yes recruitment teams like they the licenses for the recruiter packages are ridiculous i used to run a recruitment agency i know how much they were trying to charge me for per head to have a recruiter license and it was just insane so they're going to make most of the money from that they're going to make money from ads as well because large companies invest in ads on linkedin and you'll notice at the moment I, i mean we're recording this in september 22 like the news feed now is starting to get a lot more heavily populated with sponsored content about on the mobile feed about every every other post is a sponsored post at the moment. So there's definitely a shift in the algorithm and a shift in the moving much more to that and showing more ads to people. But I, I honestly genuinely don't believe that companies should be investing massive amounts in the paid sponsored ads on LinkedIn. It's just not an effective use of money. Okay, so the one person who claims to be really benefiting from LinkedIn advertising, not somebody I know, I don't know if you know him, is Gary Vaynerchuk. So I did a reaction to his 35 minutes of marketing strategy where the only thing that he really recommended is that people spend $6,000 a month on on LinkedIn advertising. Um, I can't stand the guy (laughs) because for $6,000 a month, I'd rather employ a couple of people. I'm going to get far more value from that. Okay, good. So 
Okay, good. So this leads us in then to Sales Navigator. So what does Sales Navigator cost? It costs 75 quid, does it? Is that what you're saying? There's, there's now two versions of it. So um, there's a 79 pounds a month version if you're in UK money, um, which is called the core version of Sales Navigator. And then there's um, an advanced version of it, which is 99 pounds a month. So I personally am on the advanced version of it. And there's a few reasons for that. One of them being that smart links is only available to um, advanced users. And smart links for me is the hidden gold in Sales Navigator. So we can dig into what those are in a second. But um, two, two levels of it. Most people would just need the, the £79 a month version. But it's literally for anyone that's paying premium, it's only an extra 29 quid a month to unlock this phenomenal sales tool that if you're serious about getting business from LinkedIn, you have to have. Um, it's just insane what it actually does. Um, so there's a few, like Sales Navigator is a completely different area of LinkedIn. So when you log into linkedin.com, Sales Navigator is a completely different place. Um, it has its own newsfeed with no algorithm. So you're not just shown in the newsfeed on Sales Navigator, like whatever LinkedIn wants to show you, there is zero algorithm there. So you only see the posts from the people who you are saving out as potential companies you want to work for and the people that you want to prospect. So let's say you've spent some time building a list because you can't build a list in the free version. You can build a list of all of the top companies you want to target, all of the job titles and the people that you want to target in those companies. And those lists sit there and the home feed of Sales Navigator only shows you all of the posts that have been created by those people. So let's say you had a top 100 hit list of companies you wanted to work with. Could put all of them into a list and every post that happens from any of the people or the companies that you save just shows up all the time in that newsfeed so you can be really intentional with your engagement on the sales navigator newsfeed because you could be commenting and engaging with posts that have actually been created by people you want to do business with if you hope that they're going to show up on the newsfeed of normal linkedin.com it's not going to happen unless you've set their profile to be notified about their content so the first thing is there's no algorithm there and you see every post that you want to see you get notified about lots of different things so that's one thing that i really like about sales navigator um a lot of people don't realize the power of engage just engaging on the post of somebody who is not yet your customer but you want them to be because you can get really visible with potential prospects just by putting quite insightful meaningful comments underneath the posts and supporting their posts that they're putting out there so intentional engagement is a very missed activity that people don't do enough of like they comment on their mates posts and they comment and support people that are in their network that they know but if you were to actually intentionally maybe four or five posts a day go and intentionally engage on the posts of people that you want to do business with you're suddenly going to get a lot of visibility with those people and when you eventually go to prospect them they're more likely to accept your connection request and start a conversation with you so just doing that little bit of work beforehand in the newsfeed on Sales Navigator can help to increase your acceptance rates from prospects and increase the chance that they're actually going to want a conversation with you. Um, so that's one piece of it. Okay, there cool. Are something like can I Go just ahead. say that is really valuable because what I'm doing is, I'm not doing it yet, but I'm going to start marketing us, like everyone who's been on the podcast, as the International League of Marvelous Marketeers. So mm -hmm. when I've interviewed you, I want to support you because I've spoken to you for an hour and a bit. Do you know what I mean? I know that you're good. And this is part of my issue is like people don't get marketing. They don't know they should invest in marketing. And when they do, they go out in the world and they get ripped off very often. So this is also, yeah. So that's the thing. 
so what I do is now I search for people and I like their posts and I share their posts and things. But the algorithm hasn't woken up to the fact that I'm not interested in any of this I did a sponsored walk at the weekend rubbish. I'm interested in the people that I'm interested in. But you're saying to do that, I need I need sales navigator. Like to So there are two ways you can do that. So for you, um I would go to the people that you've interviewed on the podcast and I would go to their LinkedIn profile. And now there's a new feature which is called a notification bell, which sits in the top right hand corner of their profile just underneath the banner. You hit the notification bell and every time they post something you'll be notified about their posts. So that's how you do it in the free version. Okay. Um, so you could go to my LinkedIn profile and just underneath my header image, you'll see a little bell on the right-hand side, hit the bell and you'll get notified of my content. So one of the things I do when I post now is I say in my call to action in my comments, hit the bell on my profile to see more posts like this. And then people get, because most people don't know the bell exists. And right. you can hit the bell of somebody you're connected with and you can hit the bell of someone you're not connected with. So if there was someone, say, that you wanted to have on the podcast that wasn't yet, uh, that you maybe didn't have a connection with, but you um, wanted to kind of be supporting their content ahead of when you ask them to appear on the show, you could hit their notification bell and make sure that you're getting visible with them, for example, um, between now and when you actually approach them to be on the show, for example. So the the free way to do it is the notification bell the surefire way of seeing it is all the time is the sales navigator okay option cool. you don't have to have sales navigator but that's one of the ways that i would use sales navigator every day i log in i see you know all the posts of chief revenue officers chief sales officers chief marketing officers all the people i'm prospecting in larger companies and i'd make sure that i'm engaging with anything that they've recently posted yeah um, and, and the thing is, it's a little bit like anyone's social media, anyone who is active on social media really wants people to engage with it, you know. And so yeah, exactly anyone right. who's so active on social media, whatever the platform doesn't matter is, who it is. Yes. you know, even if they're high up in a, you know, in a board, you know, in a board level role or something like that, the fact that anybody is actually liking, commenting, engaging with their stuff, they, they're going to take notice, you know, especially if there's only a handful of people that have done that, you're going to get on that person's radar. And um, I had a client recently, we, we talk about this a lot with our community. And one of my clients, she's a CEO mentor, and she hadn't been doing this at all. And she went out to, um, she started using her sales navigator feed um, and she commented with quite an insightful comment on the post of somebody running quite a large organization in the UK. I can't mention who it is because obviously it's a confidential. She's actually landed the business. But she put an insightful comment and that led to a one to one conversation in the inbox because he was curious about how her insight on the post that um, she had put. That led to a call and then that led to her landing the business. If she hadn't have intentionally engaged on that post, she would never have had that conversation. So I think people miss a trick by not doing that and not supporting the posts of people they either have already as customers or want to have as customers. 100%. I'd agree with that 100%. And the other thing is, if Sales Navigator does that, that is valuable because that's something I'm looking at LinkedIn and I look at my notifications. It's like, why are they sending me this junk? It's not people I know. It's not people I've engaged with. It's not... You know, it literally is junk. Like somebody who knows somebody said something. It's like, why do I care? You know, literally. Yeah, okay. So I think for you definitely, if you're fed up with what's in your newsfeed in LinkedIn.com environment, I think the Sales Navigator newsfeed is is a good a good place. I don't um, know if I'm ready to give only... Bill Gates eighty quid a month. 
<laughs> I've got a referral code for two months free. You can try it out. <laughs> okay. But then at the end of the two months, they just take all of the money for the year and it's a considerable well, amount of money there. That's a bit annoying. I always say to people, like, if you're going to take the trial, always they always have it automatically to annual. So yes. when you sign up for the trial, you need to switch it to monthly and then they only swipe a month. But they have been known to like take the whole amount. So. And I did this last November. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why because I did a training. So I wanted to show people. And yeah. then uh, so November, whenever that was, November the 10th, November the 11th. So December 12th, I get an email. Uh, Thank you, LinkedIn, of just taking 600 quid. It's like oh, maybe I was wanting to spend that 600 quid on my Christmas. Do you know what I mean? It's like anyway, I fought with them and they gave it back. So that's my top recommendation for days fight with them they'll give it back but they're like oh it's a gesture of goodwill it's like well no because i haven't had any of the benefit because this is day one of 365 days like you can take a day of 365 anyway that's fine okay cool why what else is in sales navigator that we should be excited about so, so when you're searching for people i think especially if you're in a sales function or you're a business owner and you're looking for to find kind of people that could be potential customers there's about 36 search filters within Sales Navigator. So on the free version of LinkedIn, you just have like a few filters at the top when you're searching for job titles or people. You can search for company, industry, locations and basic things. Inside Sales Navigator, you can really kind of delve really deep into the types of people that you want. Um, and for time efficiency, you can then save those people into lists. So a monthly habit when I'm working with a sales team, for example, is I teach them to list build once a month. If they're going to approach 20 people a day, which is the max you can approach, um, the limitations are now 100 a week in terms of invites. So let's say they're doing 20, 20 approaches a day. They need to build a list of around 300 to 400 people to get those numbers. So I normally spend, and my team, they spend a couple of hours a month basically using the search filters and then finding all the people that they want to prospect that month. Um, and then that couple of hours is then every single day, then you haven't got to go in and run a search every single time. You just go into Sales Navigator, push out your first messages to the to the batch of people that you've got there and jump out again. It can be, can be literally 10, 15 minutes a day activity just to get 20 invitations out. If your message is highly personalized and good, you should see about 50% of those people accepting um, the invitation request. And then it's about what you do next, which is the follow-up messaging, et cetera. Um, okay. I generally... Go ahead, do you have a question? <laughs> yeah, no, so the question is, the limitation is the same in Sales Navigator as it is yeah. in the free version. Yeah, which okay. really did annoy me, when, honestly, when because I'm like, we're paying for Sales Navigator to use it as a sales tool, but they put the same restrictions on Sales Nav users as they have free users. So in my opinion, they should have made the restrictions on free, and I think they would have got a lot more people jumping across to Sales Nav and buying, but this is the, you know, I, I just genuinely think they missed a trick there because... Every, everybody was outraged when they couldn't prospect like unlimited numbers. Um, so they should have gone, well, look, if you go over to Sales Navigator, you'll get X more, you'll get double more or whatever it is. I know they did it to kill automation and kill the bots and everything else, but I was really annoyed and a lot of my clients were really annoyed that they have paid for Sales Navigator and they're still on the same restrictions as free users. So I think they missed a big opportunity there. Okay, so let's put that on the long list of big opportunities that they've missed. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> okay cool so list so there's like a crm function you're saying so yeah yeah so you can build your list, yeah, so you're your prospect essentially, list you know building a list of people that you want to target 
Um, it does link as well um, to CRM systems. So if someone is using, you know, Dynamics or they're using Salesforce or whatever, there is a CRM integration in there. The other thing I love about Sales Navigator is smart links. And you can only get those on the advanced version of, of LinkedIn. But um, essentially, you're setting up um, like a link that when someone clicks on it, you know who's looked at it and how long they've looked at it for. So let's say you had some information, some marketing material or some information about um, your business and um, it was sitting on your LinkedIn profile on the featured section, maybe used it in some content. A lot of the problem with content is you can't actually see who has actually looked at that post because lots of people on LinkedIn are the lurkers, they're in the shadows, they're not, you know, they don't like and comment. In fact, a lot of your best clients are going to come from the people that are just watching you but don't ever like and comment. But a smart link when it's embedded into content allows you to see who's clicking on it and how long they're clicking on it, on it for which creates leads. And most people don't know how to create leads from their content because they don't know who's watched it, who's seen it, who's viewed it, etc. So I can send somebody to a smart link, they can click on the smart link and LinkedIn will tell me, let's say there were five things in my smart link, a video, a book, a call link, a PDF that they can download, and some other stuff they can read. LinkedIn will tell me in the smart link how long what they have clicked on and how long they've spent on it. So anyone that spent more than 30 seconds on any of the items in my smart link, they are getting a direct message from me because I know that they I know what they've looked at and what they're interested in. And that for me is gold. Yeah, that, that is gold. On its own pays for sales navigate. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Can, that's amazing. That, that is amazing because then you reach out to those people. You don't say, look, I know what you looked at and I know what you're interested in. You just reach no. out to those people in the normal way and they are interested in you. Um, I just want to go back to the last thing about this list of like this reaching out to people. Or no, 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 this searching. So when I started work, like if I wanted to know who did what in my prospects company, the only option available to me was to phone up and fight with the receptionist. You know, that was it. And so not fighting like fighting obviously was no good whatsoever you have to make friends with the reception you know you have to do that whole it was the reception the receptionist was the key the gatekeeper now in a training i'm sure you do it i sell okay who sells business to business and they say oh i do and i say okay where and who are you selling to it's like hr directors in the uk it's like 30 seconds later there's your fifty-six thousand prospects you know, now you get the opportunity to be a bit fussy and say, okay, well, I can't sell to 56,000 people. So who do I really, really want to sell to? You know, yeah. that function, the fact that that function is free is that insane because historically you would spend your career trying to work out who those people were. Yeah, and the fact that you can do that in less than 30 seconds and it's free. Yeah. And, yeah. and okay, so having more search fields is good for when you get really fussy. Um, but the fact that that's free is just insane. It's just insane. It is. It okay. Is. So, so, yeah, so definitely, like, there's definitely advantages. So, for example, we're working with a client at the moment um, who really wants to know the technology, like, already wants to know, like, what technology are these clients already working with? So, in Sales Navigator, for example, you can say, show me all the companies that are this type of business in this type of industry who happen to use for example shopify or they happen to use salesforce so you can actually as a as a tech company you can target companies that are already listed as using certain other technologies for example so that it goes really really deep dive in terms of like how detailed you can get in there 
um, because the fact that they're using a particular software allows him to know already and go in with a particular angle. But you wouldn't know that unless you had Sales Navigator, for example. So, Okay. Yes. So how do they know that? Um, it's it's sounding like it might be worth 80 quid. I'm not actually selling anything. I just want people to watch my videos now. So I'm not actually selling anything. So I'd struggle to give Bill Gates yeah, 960 quid. Like, there'll yeah. be people listening to this that are, you know, do believe that LinkedIn's a good place for them to be, that do are looking for new customers, that are looking for leads. And I personally believe that like the investment it for 80 quid a month is so worth it to actually, number one, save time. Um, number two, get more targeted focus. And number three, be able to actually engage with the right types of people and then see who's, who's actually reading your content through SmartLink. So, um, yeah, yeah, 100%. I, mean, I don't if... work for LinkedIn. I'm not here to pitch SalesNav, but if you are going to invest in it, like get trained in how to use it because it can, it can be really confusing when you first go in. So yes. don't just like buy it and then expect everything's going to happen. Like other things around it have got to work. So your profile's got to be set up correctly. You need to know who you're targeting. You know, there's loads of other things that impact the success you can have on LinkedIn. Um, but sales now will certainly make your job a lot easier. But don't do it unless you're going to get trained. <laughs> do you know anyone who might be able to provide that kind of training? Uh, maybe. There's probably a few people. My next book is very heavy sales navigator focus. So linked outbound has got six chapters dedicated to sales navigator. So, yeah. Yes. Here's the thing. When I do the training, it is 90%. Let's go the other way. It's 10% how to use LinkedIn. 90% how to be like an effective canvasser or prospector. Do you know what I mean? Like, how do you position yourself? Who are you targeting? What is the messaging? You know, that stuff. Because actually the, the LinkedIn is so good, that bit is like super easy. That That's not the bit they need. Like you no, can teach no, somebody how to do that in an hour. Ta yeah. Teaching them how to market themselves takes, I think, much longer. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, we've nailed it down to eight different prospecting campaigns now. There are certain campaign types that are working better than others at the moment right now. Um, so you can use LinkedIn to fill events. So if you're running webinars or you're running online workshops, you can use a prospecting campaign designed specifically to get your ideal prospects to an event and then convert them off the back of that event. That's one type of prospecting campaign. Another one that's working really well is um, what we call a give campaign where you're giving something of massive, highly perceived value away to then engage a prospect. And then from there, you can then, you know, move them further down the sales funnel. So there's lots that you can use it to build your email list. You can, there's so many ways that you can prospect. The bit that people are missing though, is that they're prospecting, they're posting, they're engaging, but they're not getting results because they're not actually using it as a way to get people off the platform. So for example, um, like we, in, for our academy, for example, most of that comes from events. So we have a prospecting campaign designed to do events. We use LinkedIn events to fill the events. And then we collect email addresses. And actually the traffic comes from LinkedIn, um, but 70% of the people that show up for the events actually come off the back of the email campaign. So most people are not connecting the dots between all of their marketing. They're seeing LinkedIn as one place to do business and it's not. They've got to actually take people off the platform and get them into the rest of their marketing function. And that's the bit that people are missing. They're doing what they think they should be doing because everybody's saying, well, you've got to produce content and you've got to you know, prospect and you need to like and comment and you need to engage and show up. 
but they're missing the key elements of the entire process from end to end. And that's the bit that makes the biggest difference. And that's 100%. the bit that people are missing. Yeah, but nobody comes from email because everyone knows that email marketing hasn't worked in the last 15 years. Everyone knows that. Everyone knows that like Facebook killed uh, email and then Twitter killed email and then LinkedIn direct messages killed email. And, you know, everyone knows that email is probably dead. Of course it is. Of course it is. Right. Good. It makes a lot of sense. Um, yes. Yeah. Go ahead. It. I can see big positives and negatives that you've kind of alluded to already of doing this within a corporation. So the big mm -hmm. positive is that there might be a hundred of you on the sales team and you can kind of organically, not quite organically, but you can create what they call post parties. Are you familiar with this idea? Or if you get so much engagement yeah. in the first hour or two, then you'll get so much more reach. LinkedIn will think it's, um, is that true? You're kind of shaking your head and nodding at the same time. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of like pods or post parties or whatever. There's all sorts of names for them. Engagement pods and things like that. Because it, it's just people generally trying to trick the algorithm. And LinkedIn's cottoned onto that as they always do when people are trying to game the system. So what used to work doesn't, you know, on pods and things like that doesn't work as effectively now. The algorithm shifting all the time. So I just get people to focus on posting a quality piece of, of content that's actually going to engage their target market. And regardless of what time of day it goes up or regardless of anything, if it's a decent post, it's going to perform well. You don't need 100 people jumping on that post to gain the algorithm to make it happen. So um, although it can be helpful to have, you know, some colleagues and things posting, I don't recommend that that's the, the way that people do it. Um, I recommend actually creating a piece of content that people actually want to engage with and using techniques to actually encourage that engagement um on the on the newsfeed okay super cool so that might be a benefit of like if you're a huge sales team you can kind of support each other um mm -hmm. the challenge is um how do you stop everyone piling into the same contacts every day because i've had that where i've had like three invitations from the same company on the same day and I'm pretty, I don't care. Do you know what I mean? I really don't care. I'll accept anyone who wants to invite me. But that, you know, they did get a message saying, this is the third invite I've had from your company today. Do you know what I mean? Get, get your shit together. So how do you manage that? I think with mostly when I work with a sales team, you know, if they've got 100 people, usually it's a, either a European wide team or whatever. And they're usually quite geographically split most of the teams that I work with. So they're either focused on a particular vertical or industry or they're focused on a particular geographic area. So if they are, most of the time, they're not all going to be prospecting exactly the same company with exactly the same job title. So when I am teaching a large team to, to prospect, we, we usually have um, some time beforehand with the sales leadership team to ensure that doesn't happen because there will be no point. Um, so yeah. most of them have got kind of their key account list. They've got most of them, if they're selling enterprise or B2B, they've got, you know, a lot of them are on very long sales cycles, you know, 6, 12, 18, 24 months even. So they're you know, let's say they're going after a large enterprise account, there's usually somewhere between seven and 20 players that they actually need to prospect in that organization. They're not going to get the sale just from speaking to one person. So when it's when we're talking about going after a key account or a large business, they usually have to connect with everything from the boardroom right the way down to the technical users as well. So it's kind of a bit more of a strategic play when they're targeting large, large accounts. Um, but obviously, it makes sense for them to decide like who's going to prospect where, 
and you can split that geographically or by industry or whatever but i never recommend kind of everybody going after everyone because it wouldn't make any sense it's not efficient yeah so you have to think about territories and those kinds of things but in a sensible organization they will have done that already yeah, of course. So a lot of the companies I work with would be, you know, they might have like people in 23 countries and then the individual teams then decide in each location, like who's going to go after what and they break it down by industry and things like that. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, or job type. Yeah. Cool. Okay. We are really knocking this stuff out. So if we're talking about posting, um, mm-hmm. it's appalling the quality of posting that goes on. People have actually spoken to me about this and they say they, they put together what they call engagement posts. So they will start talking about their wedding day or the daughter that their, the day their daughter got married or something deeply personal or when, I don't know, something dark, like when they were diagnosed with cancer or when they lost somebody. or So there's that kind of level of posting going on. There's, do you remember, what was her name? Catherine Tate, was it? one of her sketches was where she would go into the office on a Monday morning and the colleague would be boasting about how much good they did for society over the weekend. Do you know what I mean? And and it's so there's that level of posting going on, which is like, I did this fundraiser or I did this or, or you should give money to this charity. It feels like, I tell you, the way it presents to me, like you're a BNI person. So there were people, you, or you were yeah. a BNI person, there was a level of person at in the BNI when I was there, when I started my business. Shit, a long time ago. Um, there was a level of person there, and kind of everyone knew that they weren't really up to much. Like, this was 2005, 2006, so it might be the life coaches, before life coaches really knew what they were supposed to be doing. It might be, I don't, do you know what I mean? There'd be that level of person who isn't doing very much. So the way LinkedIn kind of presents to me now is it's all those people with way too much time on their hands who are doing all of the posting. Because I'm not even joking, 98% of what I read is falls into one of those two categories or another category which is just as annoying and trite and trivial and not business-like. So it presents to me like I'm looking at, like they call it a grown-up Facebook or they call it a Facebook for professionals. It feels to me like it's gone too much that way. But you would say, I'm not investing to get Sales Navigator and just make sure I'm only getting delivered the stuff that I really want to get delivered. Um, well, I wouldn't necessarily say that. I think, you know, there's definitely the human element or the emotion-led stories are definitely getting more traction from an algorithm perspective. Like, it's definitely not just about business posts anymore. Um, But, you know, I look back at all of the posts that I've done over the years and like the ones that generally get the most interaction tend to be the ones where there's some kind of story element or, um, you know, where there's some kind of personal angle in there. And but I think it is important for somebody if they're building their personal brand and building their business to show all facets of themselves and not everything. But, you know, I always when I do a personal post, I try and bring some kind of business angle in there. So I think it's okay to do personal posts. as long as you're bringing in some kind of lesson or bringing in something that's going to be valuable to people. I always try as much as possible to add as much value as possible to my posts. I always try to give, I always say to people like you, same as give as gain, be and I like, it's all about giving and adding value as much as possible. Um, the posts that go viral are the ones which, you know, flood the newsfeed are the ones that typically have got some kind of big traumatic thing, etc. That's just the way that the algorithm is behaving at the moment. But I don't think it's going to be like that forever. Um, and I don't think people should just be coming up with that kind of post just to get views and just to get impressions. 
Um, I think it's more important that you're delivering content that is actually going to speak to and connect with your target market. So let's say you're prospecting and building lists in Sales Navigator or adding people into your network that could be potential customers. The content you put out there has got to connect with those people. Um, and I do think it's okay to put personal things out there because somebody might resonate with the fact that you're a West Ham fan or might resonate with the fact that you spend time in the Algarve or whatever it might be. But the, um, I think the key thing is just always thinking about, is this going to be useful and helpful to my target audience? And actually, the majority of people out there, they are consumers, they're not posters. So despite the fact there's a lot of content going on, there's still only somewhere between one and 3% of LinkedIn members actually posting content. The rest of them are not posting content. There's 830 million profiles on LinkedIn now, and yet still there's only one to 3% who are actually creating content. So I think that, that tells me there's a huge opportunity for somebody that isn't posting at the moment to actually come out of the shadows and actually start building their brand. What you're, what you're being shown in your newsfeed is, is based on what you've engaged with recently. So if you've recently connected with someone, you're going to see their content in your newsfeed. And it could be drivel, it could be terrible content, but you're going to see it because you've had an interaction in the inbox. That's that's a little tick to the algorithm saying, oh, they've recently connected. They need to see each other's content for the short while that they've just connected. So yes. you connect with everybody, right? So if you connect with every connection request, that means that your inbox is going to be full of the content those those people have recently put out there because LinkedIn says, oh, you've interacted Therefore, you're going to see more. If somebody um, engages with polls a lot and engages with the kind of ele emotional element, human stories, and they happen to like or comment, that's telling the algorithm you want to see more of it. So how you behave in your interactions is going to drive what the algorithm gives you and what it serves you up. So you have to be mindful of what you're actually engaging in because you're going to get more of that. So if you start engaging with my posts, you're going to see more of Sam Raffling in your newsfeed, for example. And that's, okay. that goes the other way around. Well, I am going to start engaging with your post because you are now part of the International League of Marvelous Marketeers. So you're on the list. If I can find you, if I can, if I can convince the algorithm, I'm interested in that. There's only two in the world and one of them's a guy, so. No, there's another one because I've been looking for your pictures today because. Oh, there was a, there's a guy in America who's a CEO of a tech company and he still won't connect with me. My namesake won't connect with me. I've tried a couple of times. I did that on Facebook. I think everyone did that on Facebook in 2009 when yeah, like you went out and like connect with all the other Martin Henleys. Um, are you getting this at the moment? I keep getting um, messages from Google saying, are you the author of? And one of them was like, are you the author of lowest, lower intestine blockages something, something? It was appalling. Um, yeah, so there's a Martin Henley also who's a barrister. That's happened, but then there's not many Sam Rafflings around, so... No, you're blessed. Okay, good. Um, what did I want to say? I'm just kind of old fashioned. Do you know what? I think if it's business, now I am a relationship seller. So when I've been involved in selling, I have I build relationships, you know, and I do mm -hmm. want to talk to them about their football team, their whatever. Do you know what I mean? Their kids, their holidays, their all that stuff I'm interested in. But I'm old fashioned. I think if you're broadcasting, then you should. And this, this is the issue is that people don't know how to talk. I think people don't know how to deliver value. I don't think they know how to talk about the value they deliver. I don't think they know how to make their customers the heroes of their stories. I think it's pretty low ball if you're talking really? about, I don't know. And let's not, it's not, you're not going to address my issues today. So let's not even pretend that you are. Okay, good. So we're already up to question three. How does it feel? How does it feel? Blimey, we've got through a lot, haven't we? 
we've got through a whole load. And the thing is, typically people will have answered this question, um, but if you can answer it in a really kind of succinct way, that might go really well on TikTok or Instagram Reels or something like that. So if you can answer it within a minute or two minutes, that'd be really good. So the question is, what is your recommendation for anyone who wants to get better at LinkedIn or social selling? Ah, we haven't spoken about the social selling index either. No, we, we haven't. Do that I, do want to, uh, I do want to talk about that because I think that's a really big part. But maybe that could be the answer to this question. <laughs> okay, good. Let's see how we go. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I think the the key thing when it comes to getting better is understanding where you're at right now. And luckily for everybody listening, there is a measurement that allows you to understand how good you are at this thing called social selling. And it's a thing called the social selling index. And you can go check out your score. It's a, a score out of 100 points. And LinkedIn ranks you on four different categories, each of them equally weighted. One of them is around building your professional brand. One of them is around finding the right people and building your network. The next is about how you engage with the newsfeed. And the final one is about building trusted relationships. And ultimately, social selling comes down to those four things. Personal brand, building the, your network with the right people, building trust and relationships and engagement. And those four areas can be measured on the LinkedIn social selling index, which you can find at linkedin.com forward slash sales forward slash SSI. So now you're going to go running off to find out what your score is. But the magic happens at 75 plus. If you have a social selling index score at less than 75, you have some work to do, but at least you have a measurement and a way to understand how you can improve and it updates very regularly. So you can check your social selling score today and check it in a week from now, a month from now and see how you're tracking so that you can improve and make improvements on the areas that you should be doing in order to get better at LinkedIn and social selling. And that's your recommendation for people who want to get better at LinkedIn and social selling. It's one of the recommendations. It's not the only thing, but <laughs> it is one of the things I think that people need to understand is like, where am I today? And where do I want to get to? Because everybody's on LinkedIn for a different reason. You're there for different reasons to somebody else that might be in a business development role, for example. So it's got, it, you know, if you want to build your personal brand, improve your following, that will be a totally different recommendation than somebody wants to actually get more sales and get more customers. So it's a really hard question to answer in a minute because it's about doing all of the different things well. Yes, but thankfully we have spent the last hour and 17 minutes talking about exactly. all of the opportunities. So it's good. We are good. Okay, cool. So question number four then is really easy. What should people read? Um, so there's a couple of recommendations I have. So the first one would be They Ask You Answer by Marcus Sheridan, um, which is really focused in on understanding how to create content that really speaks to the people that you're targeting. So They Ask You Answer by Marcus Sheridan. There's another great book called Content DNA by John Esperian, who is a fellow, um, he's a technical copywriter, but also focuses a lot. He's quite a geek when it comes to all things LinkedIn. Um, so he would be another person I'd recommend for the show as well for you in answer to your next question. And um, obviously, I'm going to say this one, aren't I? Yes. LinkedIn inbound. inbound. That is really what you need to do in order to get business from LinkedIn and social selling is understand all of the different aspects that make up, um, you know, the strategies in order for you to actually get business because everybody has a different a different objective for being there. So it's quite a hard thing to answer. But LinkedIn bound and then linked outbound. I'm literally writing the last few chapters this week um, and that will be out hopefully by I'm going to go with 
end of October, early November. So that will be my next one. Excellent. Cool. I will look out for those. Um, super cool. Excellent. Well, that just brings us to the last question then. And the last question is, who are you going to throw under the bus? You need to throw at least two people under the bus. At least two people. So I'm going to throw under the bus David Walsh, who is a YouTube strategist. Uh, he's brilliant and uh, you'll have a good conversation with him. He's an Irishman, so you'll have that in common. Um, David Walsh, definitely. I would also recommend Chris Taylor. So I work alongside Chris Taylor in Pipeline 44. We have a very different focus. He's much more about content, content marketing, um, and he's much more digital marketing focused on small business versus me being more corporate focused. So he'd be another good guest for you to have. And I would also recommend John Asperian, who is the author of Content DNA. How do I spell Asperian? Oh, you're going to ask me now, aren't you? Um, ESP. I can never remember if it's an I or an E. Hang on. Let me just double check. John, but John, he John. is the author of Content DNA. Content DNA, yeah. Uh, he is E-S-P-I-R-I-A-N. Okay. He is a relentlessly helpful LinkedIn nerd, um, but he's also very good when it comes to people getting their message right and their copy and things like that. So he's a technical copywriter who also talks quite a lot about LinkedIn, but a lot about content and how to get your message out there. Fantastic. You're an absolute star. The way it works best is if people put together like a little LinkedIn... Inv uh, like a little group LinkedIn message. Introduction, mean. yes. That's yeah, the way it that. really works well. If you could do that for me, that would be absolutely I phenomenal. No at all. And do you want the good news? What's that? We got to the end. Oh, yay. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't argue about very much. And I, we spoke about everything we I wanted to speak about. Much. I think we actually are on the same page on a lot of things, to be fair. Yeah. And to be fair, um, I just want people really to be motivated. So I'm just really happy when I find really good people who are really generous and just tell people exactly how it is because it astounds me how easy actually all this stuff is you know it's not by the time you're actually doing it and engaging with it it's not the chore and it's not the hardship that people think it is and people need to do it if they're going to be successful in their businesses you know business is a process of having customers profitably and then you have to yeah. be able to do sales and marketing to do that so that's kind of the mission that I'm on. That is the mission that I'm on. Um, I have thoroughly enjoyed this. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. And um, yeah, if you have questions or anything at all, like feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Happy to help and just mention the show when you connect so that I know where you found me. Okay, super cool. And if you want us to put any links in, um, anything like that, just get those to me. And I will do that for you. Absolutely no problem. Okay, so what we'll do is we'll say goodbye um, for the purposes of anyone who might still be listening to us. And then we'll stop recording and then we'll say goodbye like normal human beings. Is that cool? <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, Sam. Thanks, Martin. Take care. Bye. Bye. Good.